So you're not from around here. It's hard to explain. I keep having these memories. I see flashes. I think I had a life here. But I can't tell if it's real. I'm not what you think I am. Hello and welcome to our review of the very much eagerly anticipated Captain Marvel. And today I'm joined by one of our very own leading ladies in John. How are you, mate? What's happening? Well, just because Gareth's not here, I need to pick on someone and you're the closest one that is to true. me. Yeah. So there you go. How you doing? Yeah. You all right? Yeah. I feel like it's been a very long time since we sat down and did uh, a film duo pod. Yeah. Now we are the main film duo. It's it's a rarity that we haven't actually been doing them, but it's good to be reunited with you, my friend. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to talking about, oh, cheers, about this film. But before we begin, spoilers. If you haven't seen Captain Marvel, go watch it now and then come back and listen to this because we're going to be spoiling the whole film. We're going to run through the plot. We're going to talk about the end credit scenes. We're going to talk about Easter eggs. We're going to talk about comic differences. Mm. It's all going to be discussed. And of course, we're going to talk about Avengers Endgame. But uh, what did you think, before we even get into our blueberries and score, J-Mac, what did you think about that Stan Lee tribute at the very start of the film. Completely forgot about that until you just Ooh. said. Yeah, it moved me, um, so it clearly didn't resonate with you. Brilliant, good. So. No, 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 it did. I genuinely, I, I teared up, I have to say. Ooh. I did tear up when it happened. And um, that's why I miss going to the cinema with you, because I don't get those emotional moments, you know, where your veil <laughs> comes down and I finally see you cracking under some form of emotion. It's a mm. lovely, lovely sight. I'm sure the listeners would love to uh, see that as well. So that are we saving that for Patreon, are we? That's for, the pa- that's for the Patreon. We'll talk about that later, but yeah, definitely Patreon. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was a beautiful tribute. Maybe uh, because I wasn't expecting it, mm. um, and I really wasn't. I kind of just forgot about it, and when that Marvel music hits at the beginning, I get... Like excited, even if I think the film's not going to be that great. Yeah. Um. But yeah, when that kind of so the excitement turned to a a shocked kind of oh yeah of course, um it was great. Um, I loved it. Mm. Uh, and as I say, uh, I teared up. Have to say, but lovely stuff. Well, I had to go see this on my own, so it would have looked a bit weird if I was like tearing up on my own. I think so. Anyway, um, let's talk about the hype of this mm. film. Marvel's first foray, really, into the solo female-led superhero film, if you discount Ant-Man and the Wasp, which we went to see together. Uh, Were you hyped for Captain Marvel? No. I mean, I I wasn't hyped for it. No. No, absolutely not. No, definitely not. Mm. Um, If anything, more hyped because, you know, woman and that. Mm. Um, No, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, um, I, I, I'm itching for, for Endgame. Uh, I was excited to see the ending of this film and yeah. how it would link back to Endgame. Yes. It, it was always going to be a bit of a filler film. Mm. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it has an issue there that it, it does drag a little bit yes. for me. Yeah. Um, so I I have to say I wasn't that excited to see it. 
Um, that doesn't mean that I wasn't looking forward to seeing it. I still went yeah. on the, f- the first day that it came out. Um, how about yourself? I was very hyped. I was very hyped. Mm-hmm. I literally saw the first couple of trailers. I loved the art style that they were going for with the 90s sort of themes and the music and everything. So yep. I was I was very excited. I am going to say I'm slightly disappointed in the Ooh. overall outcome of the film. Now, look, I went to see this on my own, as I said. Um, no mm. one would go with me. So I found that offensive from our group. That's not true. No, it's that's not true. Not, I couldn't, that's not true. I, I couldn't make the day. But as the film started, yes. I had one of those giant uh, slush puppies, or a Slurpee, as you call it in um, in America. I'm I think glad I didn't go with you now. Yeah, I was slurping away. Um, and I drank it way too mm. fast, mate, and I got brain freeze. So the first like 10 minutes, I was in absolute agony. It, 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 the, the fuck whole is wrong with you? Yeah, well, I was thirsty and I had a slurpee anyway. But when I assess the film, like from the start to the finish, it's an okay Marvel movie. It's not good. I agree. It's not one of the best. And it's definitely not one of the worst, but it's just okay. And I think when we look back and like, you know, view it again... We're gonna go, yeah. It's you know, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. I mean, what would your blueberry score be for Captain Marvel? And explain it to anyone who is new. Um, if you're new to to the blueberry scale, I mm. mean, uh, why are you now listening to this review? I've got to say, but yeah, um, the blueberry scale is thus. Uh, it is from zero to five blueberries. There can mm. be no half blueberry. Mm. Um, but unlike some very flawed systems of very flawed out of 10 where mm. they have to give it one out of 10 or one and mm. a half which is a nonsense Absolute we can nonsense. give a zero um uh, do you want my do you want my bloob now yeah give me a bloob and then a quick rundown of some thoughts i am gonna give it and i've, I've had a thought process in and around this because uh, i've had a while to think about it mm. um i'm gonna give it a three blueberries Ooh. out of five yeah um i was tempted to give it a two but i i do think that there are I, I do think there are some very cool uh sequences um unfortunately uh the weakest part of the film is the lead and um, and for ouch, me ouch, that's ouch, that ouch. that well you know but that for me is is a is a big problem, um, and I worry for the perception of her in Endgame, because personally, if she ends up again, you know, spoiler warnings, but if she ends up being like this Thor-like character, yep. where she saves the day on her own mm. in Endgame. I think that's gonna that's gonna make that film for me very very disappointing. Yeah. Um, it was always gonna be tough being uh, Captain Marvel. She she has that kind of Superman issue where she's almost too strong. Yeah, and that um, is always a I just problem. Think her performance is just a bit weird. It's a bit all over the place. Physically, she looks great. Ooh. But um, no, not like that. But also well, like that actually. She's I know, in good yeah. shape. Yeah, but she's a good nick. She she's yeah, she's convincing in the action set pieces. Yeah. Um which aren't, you know, amazing, I've got to say, but um her, I just think her dialogue, the way she reacts to stuff is just bizarre and and there's 
one review that I will uh, mention later on when we yes, start please. talking about the film in a little bit more detail. Mm. Um, which uh, which cracked me up, and when I read it, I was like, I, I absolutely resonate with that. Yeah, I think I completely agree with you about um, the charisma of the film, and I think that was something that I found lacking for the first two thirds of the film. I do think that in that final yeah. third or the final act, Brie Larson actually comes into her own a little bit, and she starts to like really emote better. She's a bit quippier because she just understands yeah. her powers more. She's finally understanding who she is. I think she was kind of yeah. misdirected in the first two thirds of this film to be this sort of like stoic mm. Cree soldier type character. And I just don't think it really worked yeah, yeah, very yeah. well. I do think that in Endgame, she's going to be brilliant because I think in Endgame, we're going to understand that her character's been away for a long time, had a lot of mm. you know different adventures, a lot of different experiences, and she's going to come back. As a, as a lot more assertive character. So I'm really hoping that that's what mm. happens and, and we get to see her flourish a bit more in Endgame. But I just worry yeah. that this film... Well, let's hope so. I hope so. But I just think this film in general just felt to me like it's just here to set up the sort of deus ex machina that is Captain Marvel that's going to be there to save yeah. the universe. Um, mm. Which is a shame because I think they could have really done something really cool here. I think the 90s vibe at times is really good. And you know you've got that 80s yeah. nostalgia at the moment. That 90s nostalgia is very soon going to be coming into fashion as something that we're going to... You know, it really <laughs> it's is. depressing, isn't it? It is depressing, but it is. And I just think they missed the trick. However, Samuel L. Jackson, awesome in this film. Loved him. I absolutely loved mm. him. And I thought he had a good yeah. good, uh, good chemistry with uh, Captain Marvel. But for me, I'm going to give it yeah. a three as well, John. A three. Uh, it's a harsh, but fair scale, as we said. I just don't think it reached a four... It, it was nowhere near a four, to be fair. So I did really enjoy it, though. <laughs> I, did, I did really enjoy it. Though, so well, don't no one panic. Well, here's a question for you, then. Yeah, go on. Um, I love questions. If uh, if someone stole the third blueberry, mm. uh, would it be closer to a two or a four? Uh, it'd be closer to a two, I think. I know we don't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it would. I, yeah, I just, okay. I just think they missed a trick. I did really enjoy it, as I said, but I just think my expectation was quite high. I think they could have done something really cool. Now, here's a question. Did you prefer mm. Captain Marvel to Wonder Woman? Uh, no. You didn't prefer it. You've preferred Wonder no. Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman is is way better. Um, that's, that's so interesting because I preferred Captain Marvel. That is such an interesting... I, I'm surprised by that, but that's fine. No, um, but... Well, look. Um, like, I think Wonder Woman is overrated. Uh, agreed. I, I do. Agreed. I think I mentioned that before. It is overrated, but I mean, she is unbelievable. I, yeah. Shit like shit, yeah. shit. No, no, no. But like, even if even if the film was like okay, yes. Like she is exceptional in that film. No, she is very good. Um, and and there are elements of Wonder Woman that I do really like with the World War Two setting, and I think they use that quite well. Um, yeah. It's just for me. I just feel like Captain Marvel was a bit better, but I still feel like both films were slightly missed opportunities. However, they, however well they've done mm. in, the, in the box office and however well they were received, I just think they were they could have been better. But that's my opinion anyway. Yep. Now, before we move into the plot synopsis, a quick advert. Oh,
Yes, hello there, advert time. Uh, and it's a really exciting time here at Fan Critical, and we've got lots of exciting things coming up later this week. Yay. I did promise it for tomorrow, which is Thursday the 14th, but it will now be released on Friday the 15th of March, and that is going to be our Game of Thrones standalone podcast channel, Bastards and Broken Ooh. Things. Yeah, you love Game of Thrones. What are you on about? It's just because you're not in it. No, I love Game of Thrones, but I don't know. I'm annoyed that you've not released it yet i know i'm really sorry mate i'm sorry it's been crazy here we've had so much going on and why is that john because what else have we done recently well we have done i guess a, a spin-off uh podcast mm. um me me and uh the little fella in australia yeah uh, we one. started uh, a new podcast called the worst of netflix yes uh, where essentially um me and gaz go on a trip through uh, the absolute doldrums of mm. Netflix mm. Um, and look for the shittest movies we can. Um, ones that require no blueberries to be given. Um, and it's it's almost like a little competition between us. We've uh, we've just we've just wrapped up our first episode. Mm. Uh, we won't we won't discuss too much about that. But um, uh, but it was my my episode. Uh, and I suspect that Gaz has a bit of a challenge on his hands to find one as bad as that first yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say much about it, but I did try and watch what you covered. And I have to say, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't finish it, mate. I couldn't finish it. Mm. Um, so that'll be out tough. next week, yeah. actually. That'll be the worst of Netflix, which will be a long running series. And maybe there'll be some special guests uh, involved in future episodes. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, not only Stop that. trying to worm your way well, into our podcast. Well... <laughs> You definitely want me to edit it, though, don't you? But anyway... <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, we've also got a Patreon that we've just started, and we've done over 100 episodes hey. now for free. And we think that a Patreon is a, is a fair way to release some bonus content for fans who do want bonus content and who want to interact with us and commission their own podcasts or even appear on a podcast yep. themselves. So there are different tiers... The basic tier will uh, get you every, like all of our cast episodes, uh, which we're going to be releasing. <laughs> we're going to release three, three a month. So that's uh, a lot of cast. It. And the, the idea of cast it is in the age in where films are being rebooted literally every week with new cast members. We mm -hmm. are doing that with some of the most famous films of all time. And uh, cast it's pretty good. Love it. Love, bloody love cast it. Bloody, love bloody it. brilliant. So if you want yep. a bit of that. Yeah. Uh, another brainchild for, for me. All yeah. the criticism I take. Mm, mm. Anyway, if you're interested in that Patreon, the link is in the show notes. It's on the website. It's on our social channels. Please do support us. You will be helping us produce more content that you want to listen to, which at the end of the day is what we really care about. And plus, we love talking to you guys and we love your support. So thank you very much. Uh, let's jump in to the plot of Captain Marvel. So, as is tradition, I've scoured Wikipedia for the plot of Captain Marvel, and I'm going to read it to you. And then, John, you can jump in. Are there any thoughts, any musings that you had when you watched it? Okay, let's crack oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah. In 1995, on the Kree Empire's capital planet of Halla, Star Force member Veers suffers from recurring nightmares involving an older woman. Stop it there. You get those all the time, don't you? And I, well, yeah, in a way. Can I just jump in here now? Yeah. This review that I was talking about earlier. Yeah. Um. This is. This was uh, a scene that they used to analyze 
the whole problem with Brie Larson's performance. So okay. um, bearing in mind, this person uh, is a big Marvel fan, yep. but they actually gave this film one out of five, um, which is pretty harsh, but you know, Very harsh. everyone's got their own opinion. But they said, um, uh, consider the opening scene wherein she wakes from, she being Captain Marvel, mm. uh, she wakes from a mysterious and disturbing dream, though you'd never know it was disturbing to look at her. She goes to visit her mentor slash trainer, Yon Rog, who's obviously Jude Law's character. Yep. Uh, and asks if he wants to fight since she can't sleep. Yep. He reminds her that there are tablets that she can take that will help her sleep. And she replies, yeah, but then I'd be asleep. Now, the line is meant to convey just how harrowing that dream is, but it takes a second to register as the audience because Larson doesn't register as upset or haunted or haggard or anything. <laughs> now... <laughs> I did make me chuckle when I read That's it. That's good, that. Um, did you write that? And as much... Yeah. <laughs> Bloody could have done. Um, good. But I... I uh, as as harsh as as the rest of the review was, um, that that is an issue. That is an issue throughout the film. Yeah. Well, talking about Yon Rog, her mentor and commander trains her to control her abilities, while the supreme intelligence and organic artificial intelligence and ruler of the Kree urges her to keep her emotions in check. During a mission to rescue an undercover Kree operative infiltrating a group of Skrulls. Alien shapeshifters with whom the Kree are at war, Veers is captured by Skrull Commander Talos, taken aboard their earthbound vessel and subjected to a memory probe. Thoughts. Let's start with Kree and Skrull yeah. and war. Yeah? A bit of warmongery yeah. between okay. those two. Um, right. What was your prior knowledge of the Kree and the Skrull? Um, pretty limited, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I quite like that, you know. Um I've I've got to say uh, when it when it comes to Thor's backstory before the first film, yeah, but I only really knew Thor from watching some weirdo with a hammer uh, attack the Incredible Hulk on the uh, the classic eighties TV series. Yeah, so obviously. I don't know much about his backstory, um, but uh, so yeah, very little did I know. Um, and look, as a plus point, after the end of this film, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. No, it doesn't Ooh, work. Lovely. To know more. Obviously, we've seen the Cree before with Ronan, who also mm. features in this film later yeah. on, John. So was that a surprise yeah. to you? Um, no, I knew he was in it. But well, um, There you go. He looks a bit weird in this film, doesn't he? He what's, does what's going look on weird. There? What are they doing with that? What are they... They made him like mm. weird younger cgi version it's like okay i guess 20 yeah. years but he's kind of like a very all-powerful immortal being kind of thing so anyway it is what it is yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. this is where we sort of get in the memory probe stuff we're getting those cool flashes that we saw in the trailer of her being like a fighter pilot her like go-karting and when we saw the trailer we kind mm. of thought the film would be more centered <laughs> around the fact that she's going to be just go-karting the whole time you know and um running around on the beach but it turns out it's only That's a short I thought it was gonna snippet be, yeah. of the film. <laughs> I kind of would have preferred the film if we had more of her like origin story style. 
Do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. Because I don't think this film did anything revolutionary for the for the for the franchise for the for the superhero genre so you know what if they just nailed an origin story i think it could have been much better but that's my thoughts on it yeah anyway veers escapes in a pod and she crashes in los angeles how convenient bloody brilliant that she crashes into a blockbuster yeah love absolutely love that that is this is what i'm talking about that about 90s nostalgia mate it's coming back it's coming back Get it in all back way. in there. In I'm way. very excited. Her presence attracts Shield agents Nick Fury and Coulson. So that was cool. Did Coulson, you like? Yeah. Did you like the effects that they used on Samuel L. and Coulson to make them look younger? I mean, with Coulson, mm. um, because uh, because I don't really see enough of him. Yeah, I, I don't think I probably appreciated how much younger he looked. He just looked like he'd way younger. You know, mate. Not a, an older man. He's he's clearly had like just for men. Like yeah. the night before. Yeah. And you're thinking, hmm, his hair's darker than it should be. Yeah. Um, whereas Samuel Jackson's, I mean, that is just, that is incredible. How like, uh, do that, they that do that? Be, How do they do it? It's just ridiculous. But they are just unbelievable at doing it at um, uh, in the MCU. Like, if you think, yeah. like, we've got, what, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. Like... Tony Stark, uh, Tony Stark, when, and, and um, Tony Stark Avengers when Two, he's, uh, yeah, Avengers Two, <laughs> yeah, Age of Ultron, I believe it's called. But <laughs> you hack. Yeah. Um, they've also got in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. You've got um, Kurt Russell, good he looking looks man, great. Yeah, love him. I mean, Coulson's chin was massive. That's all I'm going to say. His chin is never that big, so I think they just need to put their chin settings a bit down um they investigate (laughs) uh they (laughs) they investigate uh captain marvel um you know they walk up to her quite awkwardly and fury in this film i think is quite cool because he's actually a bumbling buffoon at times so we know him as this sort of really cool accomplished you know leader of the avengers in a way but he's actually uh, such a newbie when this when this event happens and the scrolls attack him (laughs) noob in the ensuing chase, Veers recovers a crystal containing her extracted memories while Fury kills a scroll impersonating uh, Big Chin Coulson. Uh, Talos, disguised mm. as S.H.I.E.L.D. director Keller, convinces Fury to meet and work with Veers. That would be fucking terrifying if if you're Nick Fury and you're in a car yeah. and you you just come to and you've got like this dead alien next to you. That would yeah. be fucking terrifying. That would be terrifying. I mean... They're not yeah, the best looking, ridiculous. are they? It's kind of... They're a bit like they little Gareth, aren't they? They're very like ugly little, people. It's like when you wake up next to Gareth and he's sat next to you in a car. It's devastating. <laughs> it's a little green troll-like face. Um, so Fury, he is green, that is true. Yeah, very much so. Fury and Veers, as a duo, did you like it? Did you like the combination in this film? Um, she. I mean, she's definitely stronger when she's bouncing off... Uh, Nick Fury. Yeah. Um. But again, like, what? Why does she? Uh, again, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. But why does That's she okay. wear that hat and jacket and the the shirt done up round the hips? It's like quite like what the fuck it. is going on here. Quite liked it to be honest. Well, with you. I bet he did. But mm. it's just weird. Why? Why is she doing that? Like, 
I don't really understand. 90s nostalgia is what they're going for. She was wearing a nine inch nails mm. top. Um, you know. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. They'll, they'll probably sell like two million nin shirts now. Just nin shirts. Classics. Yeah, just nin shirts. Nin shirts. Yeah. Oh, you got your new nin shirt, mate. Yep. Yeah, just got it. Why oh, you got that? Oh, Watch yeah, Captain Marvel, seen... didn't I? Oh, yeah, got that. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> um,. So I really liked Fury and Veers uh, bouncing off of each other. And I do think that Brie Larson's best stuff in this film is is with Nick Fury. I wish... I mean, here's a question for you. Did you ever think there was going to be any romantic connection between them? A little bit. Did you? More toward the end. Mm, I yeah, thought so. Bit, yeah. I thought so. We'll, we'll chat about that later and we'll see if, if, you, if you think there's anything to be explored there because I think it's quite interesting. But using Fury's security clearance, mm. Veers discovers she was a US Air Force pilot who was presumed dead in 1989 after testing an experimental engine designed by a Dr. Wendy Lawson, whom she recognises as the older woman from her nightmare and a friend of former pilot Maria Rambo. Yeah. How, do, how does she react? I can't even remember. Quite flatly, Probably to be honest with you. <laughs> Have you seen it when someone's got like a blank stare and they're just sort of looking through you? That's the kind of her reaction at these sorts of things. You yeah. Know? But it's just sort of a nothing. She does look the part though, doesn't she? So can't argue with that. Mm. The two escape from Talos in like some sort of plane spacecraft thing. Um, it's Lawson- weird looking. It- it is weird looking. It's kind of like the Quinjet in a way, but like old school. Um, also, they escape with uh, Lawson's cat, Dr. Lawson's cat, Goose, stowing away. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, they fly mm. to Louisiana to meet the old Air Force pilot friend Rambo. Now, did you like the sort of yeah, comedy friend. with the cat? Because I know you're a cat man. So I bet you were loving it. Yeah, you know I like cats. I'm not convinced that Samuel Jackson likes cats. No, neither am I. I think he's terrified of them. I genuinely think he's terrified of them. Yeah. I don't know why. I think mm. he is. But it's just, I don't know. Like, And also, it's a bit awkward to watch because... <laughs> yeah. It, well, no, because it's, it's fucking Nick Fury. What's he doing? Like, I told we, you. watched him be this... He's a bumbling buffoon in this film, and but, I kind of like it in a way. In a way. Yeah, but... Uh, sort of. Um, turns out to be very like Men in Black, that cat, though, doesn't it? Very much so. And we'll come on to uh, Goose later on. I was originally thinking he was named Goose, obviously, because of Top Gun. And I was like, mm, there's obviously more to this cat than meets the eye. I was starting to think that the Dr. Lawson was the cat. That was what I was thinking anyway. But yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I was getting that why vibe. Is cat like, um, yeah, why does the cat like Veers so much? What's going on? Yeah, I was like, what's going on with that? Anyway. (laughs) I am your teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A pursuing Talos uh, arrives at the Rambo house just as Veers discovers her real name is Carol Danvers. That was quite cool. And I did like the interaction between Veers and Rambo and uh, Lieutenant Trouble, as she later calls her. I like that whole dynamic, to be honest with you. And that was when, this is when... Brie Larson's character starts to have a bit more personality when she starts tapping into that Carol Danvers stuff. I think that's much better. Yeah. Well, that's that's because uh, Rambo, as we'll call her, mm. her name is Maria Rambo, is it not? Yeah. Um, she is. She is excellent in yeah. this film. Yeah. 
Um, that that is good casting. Very um, good casting. Unfortunately, there are times when I watched it and I thought, well, fucking hell, how is she a better actor than the lead actress? What's going on here? Now, that's not saying that Brie Larson is a bad actress. No, she's an Oscar winner. I do think she's, she's an Oscar winner. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is fine, but you wouldn't have fucking... Oh, I was about to say Kevin Spacey, but I, I won't touch him for now. But <laughs> He'll you touch you if you're not like... careful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, he won't be listening to this anymore. But it's I can think re- of plenty of... You wouldn't, you wouldn't have like Jack Nicholson as like yeah. Thor and go, well, yeah, you know, he's, he's well, an Oscar winner. He's John, won loads of Oscars. John, I'm going to stop you there. Um if anyone didn't listen to the advert, I just want to say we do recast films regularly and this sounds like a brilliant cast at the moment. Uh, Kevin Spacey is Talos <laughs> and we'll recast uh, Yog Ron or whatever he's called, Jude Law's character as Jack Nicholson. Let's just get them all in there. Yeah. Fucking hell. If you yeah, want more cast it's check out yeah. the Patreon. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, look, com- coming back to Rambo, she she is really good. Um, the daughter is is very good as well. Um, yeah, it's always good to see, you know, uh, child actors in big films that yeah. don't just fuck it up. Yeah, um, that is true. That is and, very hey, true. Hey, look, and uh, and I have to say that there was part of me thinking, oh, I wonder if she's going to show up in uh, yes in End Game. Well, would you love a bit of trivia? I'll insert it here for you, for you, J Mac. Uh, oh, Lieutenant yeah. Trouble oh, is a is a superhero, and she is a fan in the comics, a fan girl of uh, Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel, and um, right. they've obviously taken that name Lieutenant Trouble and given it to Rambo's daughter here. So there is potential for her in the future. It's the same situation we sort of have mm. with Ant Man and the Wasp talking about um, Paul Rudd's daughter in that film. I can't, you know, Scott Lang's yep. daughter in in that film. So same situation potential there for a future Avenger potentially. Mm. Yeah, oh, I like it. It's yeah. good. Bloody good. So let's talk mm. about Talos because all this time we're thinking those bloody scrolls, you know, they're they're bad guys. I mean, but I saw this twist coming a mile off ever since the, we yeah. saw, first saw them um, on that planet where they went to raid them. Uh, he reveals that the scrolls mm. are refugees searching for a new home and that Lawson was a Cree yep. renegade helping them. So bombshell, saw it coming. Well, weirdly enough... Um, there are some people that would watch this, ignorant people, that when he says, well, look, we're only refugees, mm. they would still think that they are the bad guys in this film. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, that's that is the, true. the political landscape that we live in. I like it. You're, you're very cynical, but sometimes you are right. So I'll, I'll accept that. Mm. But I did like the twist, and I do think that um, it was a good move of them to sort of make the scrolls more sympathetic. I don't like the way they've made the Cree seem like absolute dickheads, but we'll talk about that a bit later. Uh, Talos then yep. uh, plays the recovered black box from Lawson's plane, the crash that she uh, had when she was helping out test uh, Lawson's new mm. light speed engine, uh, prompting Danvers to regain yep. her memories and remember the day of the crash. Lawson told her to destroy the engine's energy core before being killed by Yon Rog as she, as she did destroyed energy core uh the energy from the ensuing explosion at the cost of her losing all her memories made her into what we now know is captain marvel what did you think about that that was quite a cool little twist because during this film i think it's not very clear that she's got superpowers really you see her flaming hands 
but you kind of if you're new to the marvel universe or you've just stepped into the marvel universe at this point it's feasible that all of the kree have that ability you just haven't seen it yet yeah that is true i that i do agree with um uh they obviously they're constantly talking about and hinting about um uh viz having this like extra ability and being better obviously particularly at the beginning with the training and stuff um and you just think she's probably just ill disciplined but you don't necessarily think well yeah she's got magical powers and everyone else doesn't um so yeah i do agree with that um what do you make of the the scene of her getting engulfed with the energy i actually fucking loved it i loved it i thought that was the best effects in the film did look very good yeah I, i agree with you there is there any kind of uh, is there any hint or reasoning as to why it wouldn't just blow her to bits or and the in- yeah that's a very good point because the interesting thing is the energy is harnessed from the tesseract right and we know that the tesseract is an infinity stone and it oh, and infinity stones only bestow their powers upon people who are worthy or able to absorb them yeah. so it is interesting that she was able to absorb the power of an an infinity stone essentially so that's a good point and i think it will probably be revisited in endgame i i think there'll be some sort of Mm. thing with the space stone which is the stone that was in the tesseract i think that she will have potential control of that stone who knows yeah but that is an interesting point danvers and talos then lead a, a group to the cloaked lab ship of Lawson orbiting the earth where several scrolls are hiding and protecting the Tesseract itself the source of the energy core it's quite sweet wasn't it it's quite nice yeah Yeah. emotional it was it was it was nice to as I say Mm -hmm. even though I saw this twist coming to then start sympathizing with the people that we had kind of not been sympathizing with for the past two-thirds of the film I absolutely really really enjoyed it and it was quite a sweet touching moment uh, but once again, it makes the Kree yeah. seem like absolute dickheads, which I think is a step too far. Mm. The Tesseract. Yeah, were you happy? Were you happy that Tesseract was in this film? Yeah, I mean, fucking hell, they just pop up all the time, don't they? Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I, I kind of, I'm, I'm thinking, why is Thor? Uh, sorry, Thor. Why has Thanos have, had such a hard time finding these when mm. they just seem to just fucking pop up anywhere? I'm surprised someone hasn't found one in the post. For fuck's sakes. I think I think it's like it's like we discussed in our Avengers Infinity War podcast. He was waiting for the right moment where everything was in his favor to get them all at once. You know, he had to get them all in one fell swoop because otherwise, you know, he would he would be able to be stopped. But it, it was a convenience. I agree. And they are literally everywhere. And it's mental that like three of them are on Earth. Absolutely bizarre. But um, especially when the universe is so big, apparently. But hey, you know, Thanos was very efficient, wasn't he? Killed everyone, John. So whatever. But also, like, how the fuck is this cat or sorry, how is the flurkin? Flurkin, yeah. How the hell is that swallowing the fucking Tesseract? Did you not see, mate? Well, you're skipping ahead. Did I get there in the plot yet? No, I didn't. So And he didn't, I know. But well, look, you were asking about the Tesseract and I gave you an answer. Fair enough. We'll wait till we get to the flurkin. Yeah. 
quite yeah, lurking. Okay. Right. Starforce captures Danvers <laughs> and brings her before the Supreme Intelligence. During their conversation, yep. Danvers removes a Kree implant uh, that was suppressing her powers. I'm going to stop it there because this was pretty cool. She had that implant. I was sitting there going for the whole film. What is going on with her powers? We need to see her full range of powers, right? And mm. this conversation with the Supreme Intelligence is, is really interesting. It has this actually really, really well done scene that I did mm. genuinely like. It's very corny, but it was where Supreme it Intelligence says, corny, yeah. you're only human. And then you've got her like falling down in all of her flashbacks, like go-karting and like baseball at the beach. Mm. Uh, when she's training to be a pilot, when she's getting, you know, crash landing with Lawson. And then it says, yeah, you're right, I am only human. And then all of the iterations in her past were like getting up, ready to go again. I did enjoy that. I have to say it was yeah. corny, but I liked yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, it could have been cornier. It could have been like, you're only a stupid woman. And then she goes, yes. And then it's just like, yeah, well, this is what women can do. And then she just goes off and... And I just walk out the cinema. But um, oh, that would have been hilarious. <laughs> I should have gone to watch it. With It'd you. have been two on the nose. Yeah, you should have done. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I, I did I really liked like it. it. I thought it was a cool little scene. I thought it was well done. I thought, I, I thought genuinely it was well done. And I think, I think you're right. That had the potential to be ridiculous. But I, I, I felt very empowered by that scene. And I'm not <laughs> even a woman, so yeah, well, yeah. in a way, in a way. Um, so she removes the implant gaining full access to her abilities. During the subsequent battle, Fury retrieves the Tesseract, and Goose, who is revealed to be a flurkin, here we go, John, an alien with a pocket dimension inside <laughs> her body, swallows it before scratching Fury's left eye and blinding him. Is that not a bit shit, though? Like, the fact that Fury, that's how he's blinded. Yeah. That is shit. I think they did it on purpose. Uh, to be shit. I know, but... Uh, I know, but come on. Thoughts on the Flurkin, your new friend? Uh, an alien... I like the Flurkin. ...with a pocket dimension inside its body. Quite cool, that. I think that's pretty cool. How many Flurkins are there about? I don't know, mate, but I did like the scene where the Flurkin just ate everyone. That 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 got a chuckle out of me and the rest of the cinema. Was so. it not a bit overkill? Um, no. Could it... they have just avoided the reveal... Yeah. Of the flurkin beforehand. And then the first time you find out about it is when it actually attacks everyone. That would have, I think that would have been better. Yeah. Because imagine like just uh, in in uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, you've got Groot. Uh, and he obviously does that bit where he's, his arms come out and he impales about yeah. six or seven people. Hilarious. And he yeah, turns around and smiles. Against the he walls. turns around and smiles. It's just genius. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. But imagine if he'd have got those arms out beforehand and went, look, look what I can do. I'll, I'll be doing this later. And then did it. You'd be a bit like, eh, it's not the same. Saw it earlier, like, mate. So, yeah, already seen that. Why are you doing it again? Um, yeah. So did, did I like it? I thought it was okay. Um, but I could definitely see how people would be a bit like, all right, well, that is overkill. Yeah. Now. I mean, it's a bit of fun. It got one of the biggest laughs in the cinema, I think. And I do think this film lacked a lot of humour at times and I, and I think it could have done with a bit more you know it could have had some of that Guardians feel to it 
especially when you're dealing with intergalactic travel and, and different species and stuff like that. So anyway, Danvers destroys ballistic missiles fired by Cree official Ronan the Accuser. Seeing him back there, aren't we? Yeah. Um, a, a very, a very, a very youthful looking uh, Ronan. Um, I'm not accusing him of anything. Ooh. But um, yeah, so there we go. Um, he is terrible in this film. He is terrible, like, isn't he? He is terrible. He's terrible. Like I, I almost feel like he didn't want to be in this film, but there was like a contract kind of loophole where it was like, well, no, we can bring you back in any film we want. And he was like, all right, do you know what? If you're not going to let me skip out on this, I'm just going to, I'll just read the lines off the thing and I'm not going to attempt to act or anything. Um, and they went, all right, do you know what? We'll we'll only give him a small part. He turns up in these bigger ships, uh, for some reason decides that he's just going to bomb Earth. And he's like, all right, mate, can you just chill out? Chill out, mate. Um just chill out. If you could just relax, that'd be great. Um, and then uh, you got Captain Marvel that just blows up all of all of the bombs and mugs them all off. Yeah. Uh, and then she's she's in the air and she's basically giving them the yeah. You you want some? Yeah. You want to go? And then yeah. And then uh, uh, Ronan's little shitty dweeb uh, dweeb mate dweeb yeah. Right hand dweeb, yeah, kind of gives him a side eye to see assistant to the manager. Okay, yeah, assistant to the regional manager. Um, and Ronan goes, Uh, do you know what? We'll 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 be back, we'll be back, yeah, we'll be back for her, yes. You're like, Well, you're not, are you? Because you're fucking dead, you're dead, mate. Spoiler warning for Guardians of the Galaxy One, yeah, it's just a weird way to end it. It was bizarre. And, and and just makes me think, like, don't have him in it. Don't have him, certainly don't have him turn up. It would have been a nice little Easter egg to have him in earlier in the film. Just, you know, on the phone to, to Jude Law's character. But don't have him turn up and do nothing. Makes him even worse. Yeah. And he just, just turn up and flee, which was extremely disappointing. I was hoping that he would be the sort of, final battle for Captain Marvel but we know that he survives the Guardians so anyway uh, once she's finished you know scaring off Ronan she goes back down to Earth and defeats Yon rog instantly because he's mm. useless yep. and then sends him back to <laughs> Halla with a warning to the Supreme Intelligence so that's it end of the film pretty much there to be honest with you I mean she yeah so I've got to be honest if she wants to send a warning back she's not done it in like the most assured way, that spaceship looks like it's about to explode. <laughs> like yeah, that that message isn't going further than about 30, 30 minutes, I'd say, before as soon as that hits the atmosphere, it's exploding and he's yeah. dead anyway. And you are so, a rocket scientist, so I've always said that. Yeah, don't don't argue with him mm. on this. He well, knows what he's talking about. Well, yeah, facts, facts. Anyway, Danvers departs to help the scrolls find a new homeworld, giving Fury a modified pager to contact her in emergencies. Meanwhile, Fury drafts an initiative aimed at locating heroes like her and changes the name after finding a photo of Danvers boarding her Air Force jet, which bears the call sign Avenger. Mm, I really like I really like that. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah, I bet you did. I was like, ooh, that's quite a nice tie-in. And I know what you're going to say. It's a bit 
weird that she spawned the name of the Avengers. I think you think it's a bit convenient. Um, but, you know, Rambo's one was Photon, which is quite cool. And this one was Avenger. And I really enjoyed that little tie-in. I didn't like what he was calling it in the first place, like the Protector Initiative or something like that. Absolute garbage. Absolute yeah. garbage. The super dudes. This is like in Star Wars, when I was raging about how Han Solo got his name. Do you remember? In Solo. That is terrible. He yeah, walks yeah, up yeah. to the security guard yeah. going to like a plane, like at the airport. And like, what's, your name? what's your name? Oh, Han. You're on your own. Yeah, I'm Han Solo or whatever it was. Absolute right, garbage. Han Solo then. Fucking garbage. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Are you with Are you with anyone? Yeah, just three of my mates. All right, Han, three of my mates. Anyway, no, I it 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 would have been funny for Marvel to just a little jab at at DC. Mm. He he could have he could have been writing the Justice League initiative. Oh, that honestly, nah, fuck that. That's genius. That is a load of shit. Why didn't they do that? I'm going to call it the Avenger Initiative instead. (laughs) Do you want to talk about the? credit scenes because i think we should then we should talk about them yeah 100 percent. i mean the last one i mean who cares but let's start I with mean, the last the one. end game one yeah yeah let's start with the last right, one yeah, go which on is just, no 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 go on we'll start the, we'll start with the flurkin yeah the flurkin so the flurkin i.e goose i.e john's favorite new animal jumps up on a table and pukes out the uh tesseract just nothing sort of a nothing end credit scene i was kind of annoyed i waited around for another five minutes to be honest with you I, yeah, so I looked up that there were going to be two and that one yeah. was a tie into Endgame and that the other one was going to be funny. I predicted the exact scene. I was like, well, the cat's definitely turning up, or the flurkin, um, and he's just going to throw up the Tesseract. And yeah. I, I, the fact that it just happens spot on makes me worried <laughs> for uh, for the future of, uh, of Endgame. Yeah, but, you, f- you fancy yourself as a kind of mystic, don't you, when it comes to predicting things? I've been pretty fucking good at predicting things, let's be honest. If you have to say so yourself, so and you are. Um, oh, you know I have, so... Let's talk about the end game credit scene. I was buzzing for that credit scene, and I loved seeing the characters in situ after the events of Infinity War. I couldn't believe that we were getting that credit scene. Mm, yeah. Do you know what it makes me think? Yeah. Um... The all of the trailers that have come out for Endgame, yeah, I feel like, um, and there's actually there's there's quite a lot of people that are now saying that they feel like if you look back at some of the trailers, it's it it does feel like that um, Captain Marvel's been edited out of them, um, and I yeah. feel like the next trailer to drop, which obviously once Captain Marvel's been out for like three or four weeks, yes. Um, the uh, the last trailer to drop before Endgame, I think, will have very similar scenes to what we've seen, but Captain Marvel will be in most of them. Yeah, I I I I think, yeah, I think you're right about the editing out. I think she obviously is there from pretty much the start of Endgame. I think it's safe to assume as well that Endgame, and let's talk about Endgame while we're here because I think it's a good time to sort of roll into predictions for what we think is going to happen now that we know all the players, all the players in, in, in the story. I think Endgame is going to pretty much actually take place years after the events of Infinity War. 
I do not think it will be. Oh, you reckon? I think it will be like not years. Sorry, take place like weeks and months after the events of Infinity War. I think there will be a slight time time gap because there's like support groups going on that we've seen in the trailers with um, Captain America. There's like you know there seems to be some sort of established depression going on as that that people have discussed what's happened and, and they're coming to terms with it or they're trying to come to terms with it so i do yeah. think that captain marvel will have been around for a while uh at the start of the film mm. and yeah what are your thoughts into well as, we've got as to how it unfolds well i, I think it, it, the problem is with a film like this you can overanalyze everything um now you've got there's a couple of scenes and, and you mentioned the support groups and obviously we know that uh um that captain america he's there sitting there and he's a bit you know he's down he's downtrodden yes and rightly so yes um but he's also he's also clean shaven uh okay. very youthful looking um obviously in this uh, uh this uh, mid, or sorry, this end credits scene where Captain Marvel turns up, uh, he's got a beard. He's got a full-on beard again. So where does that sit, do you reckon, in the timeline of Endgame? Because let's assume that that is a scene mm. directly out of Endgame. Where do you think that sits? Do, do you think that's right at the beginning of Endgame that Captain Marvel turns up? Yeah, I do. I think... I think we might not even see that. Um, I think that when we saw Steve Rogers last, he did have a beard. He was looking a bit more haggard mm. and sort of like, because he'd been on the run, you know, during that whole sequence, he'd been on the run and he was only coming into Infinity War at the end to try and save the day. I think... Yeah, I'm only this, coming to save the day. I will be gone soon. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it's a couple of weeks or a month like afterwards that he's clean shaven. And it's a support group for the events of, the you know, the cataclysm or whatever they call it. Um, mm. I just think that Mark Captain Marvel will be around, but I just don't. It's very know how. interesting, though, isn't it? Like if Captain Marvel is, you know, especially powerful, um, overpowered to she, then think, know. yeah, 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 she is. Yeah, well, again, she's their she's their Superman. So if she if she turns up, and that it that happens before the support groups, then you think then you'd really think like right okay i mean so she doesn't just turn up and and save the world and, and no. solve all their problems i don't she think turns she, up yeah. and it's like well i don't really work that way we need to figure this out yeah I, so I def- it's I interesting think that's what's going to happen i definitely think that's what's going to happen because otherwise as i said this film is just a setup for some deus ex machina that she is to get these heroes out of trouble and i hope there's more at stake than that and there's there's actual genuine stakes where we're going to lose key characters, which I'm almost certain that we are. And not only that, I hope that Captain Marvel struggles. I want to see her struggle in a battle. I don't want it to be, you know, easy. There has to be something going on here. Well, not dies because <laughs> that'd be a bomb killed in Endgame. <laughs> uh, do you know what? I'd be like, excellent. Five blueberries. You would because give that five, I, I just, five blueberries, yeah morose aren't i probably you? would yeah because i i just uh, because i i wouldn't well i say i wouldn't see it coming i've just predicted it but yeah but that's a nonsense <laughs> prediction that's something Absolute i expect nonsense. will not happen 
So you're not yeah. gambling on that. Um, so Captain Marvel dies, um, and Thanos is like, ha ha ha, I've killed her, and, and you guys thought she was going to save you. And Captain America bursts into tears. Um, but then Captain Marvel goes, well, actually, I've brought a friend with me. And then Silver Surfer turns up. Oh and then again, God. I break out my I break out my six Infinity Stones and go, right, <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen. And burst Very into good. tears Very of good. happiness. Well, that's Avengers Endgame, which is out in pretty much just about a month now, John. Just a month away. I can't wait. Arguably I can't wait. the greatest cinema event in our lifetimes. It's going to be a great year for cinema. And at the same time... The Game of Thrones starts, and speaking of Game of Thrones, oh, our Game of Thrones podcast will be launching this Friday, March 15th. We're going to have a whole new channel called Bastards and Broken Things, a Game of Thrones podcast by Fan Critical, and it will be out this Friday with our very first mm. yeah, sort of review or expectation episode where we're going to see and discuss what we're looking forward to from the trailers and also some interesting press releases from hbo themselves then we also have a season seven recap coming out in a few weeks time as well as a crazy theories podcast before the season premiere airs on april 14th in a literally a month's time so if you do like game of yep. thrones please do check out our game of thrones content and please do subscribe to that new channel it's bastards of broken things that we plastered across our social media channels and on the website as of friday not only that mm. we've just done the shawshank redemption the worst of Netflix Ooh. is coming out, which is going to be hilarious. Yeah, all right. And if you love uh, to spend money, then you could support us on Patreon. And John, you know, we need to keep him entertained somehow. So a couple of dollars here or there is really good for him just to keep him on side. So if you don't mind, just a couple of bucks. Throw him yeah. a couple of bucks. You get all of the caster episodes. You can even commission your own podcast. You can come on Discord and talk to us about your favorite movies and films. Or you can even be a guest in one of our podcasts. You can choose the one as well. So if you pay for that tier of Patreon, you could be on the Avengers Endgame podcast. Or you could be on our Game of Thrones Premier that. podcast. Any of them. Your choice. Mm. So that's exciting, isn't it, John? That would be madness, though. That, that would, would be, be mad. madness. Get him in. Um, Come along, everyone! I can't believe I can't believe we're giving that away. To be honest, it's a good one, isn't it? Bloody good one, once per month as well. Yeah, so uh, that's that's too good. I think we need to review those prices. Mm, I'm in charge of the prices, <laughs> so creative director. Anyway, thanks for joining me, John. It was fun talking about Captain Marvel. I think we can both agree that it was a solid Marvel film. Nothing spectacular really happened in it, and. I do think yeah. that when we look back, it will be a very middle-of-the-road Marvel film, but it has got us excited for mm. Endgame, and that is only a month away. So that's what I've got to say yeah. about it. Right, well, thanks, guys. See you uh, next week for our Walking Dead content, or our Worst of Netflix content, or our Game of Thrones content, or our Castle Rock and Stephen King content. There's a lot of content, basically, guys. <laughs> anyway, see you later. Bye. Bye, sister girl.